Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome everyone who are tuned in to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you here in Northern Colorado. And I'm so blessed to be with you on this program for the next hour where you get to call. You just heard that number where you can call and be on the air. The call-in number again is 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. Give me a call today, and uh, love to talk with you on this Monday as we end October. And uh, I know that today is a day where uh, darkness gets celebrated, Halloween, but there's also light to be uh, celebrated as well. And uh, we just pray that uh, you are walking in that light, that you are one that uh, you are thankful for the light of Jesus Christ in your life and you desire to shine that light upon others. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. The call-in number, there's another way for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request, and we are here to pray with you and for you. And that text line is 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. Be safe as you are texting, as I always try to remind you, and uh, that's a better way for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request, you can go through the text line. And during the shows, we have time, uh, we will go to the text line. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. This is your show. Love for you to call in. Uh, give me a call. I'd love to talk with you and uh, discuss with you the things that are important to you. Maybe you got a question about the Bible. Maybe you have a question about Christian living, or maybe perhaps all the things that are going on around us. How do we respond as a Christian to those things? What's our biblical worldview? And I was reading a survey not long ago that uh, was quite shocking that among pastors, that very uh, few pastors, a minority of pastors, really are seeking a proper biblical worldview. And there was a lot to the study Uh, But it was really sad. And we as Christians, we have the Word of God given to us to teach us and to to show us the things of God, the truth of God, and the ways of God. So if you've got any questions, give me a call. Do my best to show you from the Word of God the things that uh, are on your mind and heart and what the Lord has to say about those things. All open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I want to welcome everyone that's listening on Grace FM today along the Front Range here in Colorado, up in the southern Wyoming, Cheyenne and Laramie. Welcome, you guys up north. And those of you in the south, in Colorado Springs and Pueblo and Fountain, on one, and then the metro area in northern Colorado. Welcome. What a beautiful day. It's a beautiful time of the year. And uh love to be able to talk with you. Give me a call. And then also I want to welcome those who are listening live, many radio stations across the nation, Radio by Grace Network, and give me a call. So glad that you guys are a part of our Calvary Live family as well. And those on Hope FM, Truth FM, and Higher Rock Radio, you are a week delayed, 
but love to be able to talk with you. Give me a call. It just simply means the week delayed that you can call and we'll have our conversation and then it will air on your radio network a week later and you can listen to yourself and um, you can tell others that you'll be on the radio. So give me a call. Uh, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. Just want to give a shout-out to all those who are listening online as well. We got even international listeners, a couple in Ukraine. We are praying for you in Ukraine and uh, also in Belgium, in Brazil, uh, in South America. Welcome. Uh, Technology connects us all together around the world. So it's a blessing to have you join us here on Calvary Live. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Hey, Family Fest at Calvary Church in Aurora tonight, a great alternative for your family. Go out and uh, Calvary Church in Aurora, go see them. Lots of games, lots of candy. I just saw a picture of them preparing for everyone coming tonight. So Family Fest starting in an hour at 5 o'clock, and there'll be games, and uh, uh, and there'll be all kinds of things out there for you. So if you're in the Aurora area, Denver area, be sure to visit them. And Calvary Church in Aurora is just on East Hampton, one block east of Tower on Hampton. Go, and it's a great alternative for you and for your family to go to Family Fest. I know you'll be tremendously blessed and uh, they'll be waiting for you starting at 5 o'clock tonight and have a great time. So we got a couple open lines, as I said. Let me give you those numbers again. 303-690-3000, the call-in number. And the text line is 720-336-0897. Jeff Figs again, up here in northern Colorado with you on this Monday, the last day of October. Let's go to South Carolina. Bill. Hi, Bill. Hi. Uh, yes, I was calling in. My wife and I are both Christians, and um, we're, you know, both 66, living on a, a limited income. Uh, or, and I was just wondering, you know, we've gone to the local um, cemetery as far as the, um, you know, place where you get buried, and, and we've been asking yeah. them questions about, you know, what it costs for cremation versus, you know, a typical um you know, being buried. And of course, cremation is a lot less expensive. Yes. But my question is, what does the Bible say about cremation? I mean, I want to make sure that, you know, I've, you know, I get to this, and I've, you know, I'm a Christian, live a good life. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get cremated and it kicks you out. I didn't, I just want to make sure I get to heaven. <laughs> well, you're asking an important question in the statement. You just kind of made, you know, uh, I think we can think about it and uh, really come to a, a peaceful conclusion. The Bible doesn't say that it's wrong to be cremated. Um, I know that there have been the others that have called me and they said, my pastor or my priest said, if I'm cremated, that, uh, you know, I won't be saved. Our salvation is based on what? Our faith in Jesus Christ, right? It's not right. based on whether we get cremated or not. It's appointed once for man to die, then the judgment. Um, Can you imagine going to heaven? And, of course, uh, as we go to heaven, it's not going to be Peter there um, at the pearly gates at a big desk with a big scroll, you know, seeing if he should let you in. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
when we close our eyes for the last time and take our last breath, we're immediately in the presence of the Lord. Can you imagine the Lord, you know, coming back to you and saying, well, I'm sorry, but um, you cremated your body or your family had you cremated, so we're going to have to kick you out of heaven. Uh, that's not the Lord. The decision for salvation is is before we die and take our last breath. It's appointed once for man to die, then the judgment. And so cremation just simply speeds up the process of what a burial does in a casket. And so it's not based our salvation on whether we're cremated or not. And um, it's based on our faith in Jesus Christ. So you can be assured of that, rest in that. And I think it's really important for us to understand that because there are those who will come along and trouble us. And they'll say, well, if you do this, and you know, if you do this after you die, you're not going to be saved. And, and that's not the Bible. That's not the heart of the Father. Um, that's not the gospel message at all. And then, you know, also think about it, Bill. What about those Christians that were burnt at the stake? You know, what about them? What about those who, you know, um, you know, they their bodies were burnt down to the dust? Um, does that mean that they're not saved? So um, the Bible doesn't say. The Bible we can be assured of uh, for you and for your wife is you have faith in Jesus Christ, and that is where your salvation is found, and that's where it's sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And here's the thing. You mentioned something that was very important, because burial is very, very expensive, and a lot more Christians are choosing to be cremated, and a lot more people are because of the cost factor. Um, and right. it gets very, very experience, uh, you know, very expensive. So it's a cost factor, and um, you don't need to worry about your salvation in jeopardy because you choose cremation. Well, thank you so much. All right. God bless you. I appreciate it. It's a good question because people, yeah, I've had people call and say, well, my you know, spiritual leader, my pastor, whatever, said if I get cremated that uh, I'll go to hell or you know, I'll, I'll lose my salvation. And I can't think of anything more cruel to tell somebody when they're trying to make plans that the decision that you make, you know, concerning what you do after you die, that you're going to go to hell. No, you are, you are in the Lord's hands, and no one's going to pluck you out. And you can stand on your salvation, be affirmed in your salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, because you have faith in Him. Okay, sounds great. God bless you. You bet, Bill. God bless you guys. Thank you. It was great to hear. Good to hear from you guys on the East Coast, South Carolina. So glad that you're part of our Calvary Life family. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. And love for you to call. We got a couple open lines. Let's go to Ananda. Ananda? Anandia? Hello. Are you there? Okay. Ananda from Arma. Anadia. Anadia. I'm sorry. Yeah. How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Sorry. I was just trying to read this screen screen call uh, that you called. But hey, you're on Calvary Life. Thank you for calling. Okay. 
Thank you. So one of the questions that I've had since I've grown into my faith and started reading the Bible is, when all the craziness happened, like when the locusts are released and all of that, um, the famine, will he come and take us? Will the rapture happen before all of that happens? Or are we going to have to stay and endure that? Well, there's different different thoughts, and different Christians have different thoughts about the rapture of the church. And the rapture of the church, of course, is when the Lord's going to come for his church. Um, when it comes to the aspect of the return of the Lord, there's two different events. There's the rapture of the church, that when he comes for his church, Paul speaks about that, of course, in First Thessalonians chapter 4, um, that we who are alive and re- remain will be caught up. Uh, and I'm kind of emphasizing this, uh, Anadia, because there are those who come along and say there, there is no rapture. The Bible doesn't speak of the rapture. The rapture, that word's not in the Bible. It is in the Latin Bible, because that word caught up means, harpazo is the word in the Greek, it means snatched up quickly. Uh, it's in the Latin word uh, rapturus, where we get our English word rapture. So there's going to be a generation of Christians that are going to be meeting the Lord in the air. That's the rapture of the church. First Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says it will happen in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. The question becomes, when will the rapture happen? Will it come before that seven-year period? You mentioned the tribulation period, which is the final seven-year period where God is pouring out his wrath on a Christ-rejected world. And then at the end of the seven years is the second coming of Jesus Christ, where he's going to come back literally, physically, touch down on the Mount of Olives. He's going to establish his kingdom. He's going to judge the nations, and he's going to restore the nation of Israel. So that's all given to us in the scriptures. Um, So the rapture of the church is when he comes for his church. The second coming is when he comes with his church, because as Jude says, that he comes with ten thousands of his saints. We know that Revelation chapter 19 declares to us that he comes with the armies of heaven, so we will come with him. So the question is, when is the rapture of the church? And that's what you're asking. I personally believe that the rapture of the church is going to take place before that seven-year period called the tribulation period. And the reason that I do is, number one, we have uh, eminency that is given to us in Scripture. Jesus says that I come when you least expect. I come in an hour you do not know. Um, To me, that does not fit into the middle of the tribulation period, uh, the end of the tribulation period. Um, Jesus is saying, I come when you least expect it. He even gives some indication when you read Luke's gospel. My radio program just went off and going over Luke's gospel where he says that the coming of the Son of Man is going to be like in the days of Lot, uh, in the days of Noah. And we know that in the days of Noah, that it was very violent, um, that uh, wickedness had spread across the world. Same with Sodom and Gomorrah. We know that uh, there was great wickedness, but judgment would come suddenly on them. They weren't expecting it. There was the unexpected um, you know, day of when the judgment would come, pouring down on Sodom and Gomorrah, when the rains begin to fall um, there as uh, Noah was building the ark, that, that man of righteousness. And so the Lord is given us indication, and he said, you be ready, you be prepared, because uh, the Son of Man comes when you're least expected. 
and don't get weighed down the warnings that are given to us with the cares of life and carousing and all of this that that day overtake you unexpectedly. I come as a thief in the night. The promise given to the Church of Philadelphia in Revelation chapter 3 is, is that I will keep you out of and away from the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. And I also believe that Daniel chapter 9 shows us that timeline that is given to us in end-time prophecy, that once again, that in that tribulation period, that the focus is going to be on Israel. There's still a seven-year period concerning your people, Daniel, that is the Jews and your holy city, and Israel and the Jews are the focal point of the end-time prophecy. There are going to be those who are going to get saved in the end times, but we know that uh, they're the tribulation saints. So I believe the church, we're going to be taken out of and away from the hour of tribulation. He did not say that I'll take you through the hour of tribulation, but I'll take you out of and away from the hour of tribulation uh, that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth, and that will be raptured before the tribulation period. He tell us that he will come for us, for the Christians that are captured, when he say he will come for us within the 10 days, does that tie in with the rapture? Now say that again, because uh, say that Wait. again so I can get it, that he's going to come back when? I, um, okay, so in the Bible it says that um, if you live, like when they come for us, if we try to fight, we, like you live by the sword, you die by the sword. But if you go in peace, let them take you. And within 10 days, or does it say 10 days that he'll come? No. What? Free? No. No, what 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 you're speaking of, the rapture of the church is going to happen in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Um that happens at the speed of light. Um you won't even know it. All of a sudden we're going to be with the Lord. When he comes in the second coming of Jesus Christ, it tells us that when he comes back it's going to be in the middle of what is called the battle of Armageddon there in northern Israel. And the nations of the world are going to turn and try to prevent Jesus from coming back. And he's simply going to speak, and uh, he's going to do away with those armies, and that's when the judgment of the nations come. And you can read that in Revelation chapter 19. But he's simply going to speak, and then those nations are going to be judged um, as um, you know he puts an end to, to, to that battle, puts an end to... Uh, the army surrounding Jerusalem, but it's going to happen in a moment, um, and it's going to happen at the second coming. Oh, hallelujah. That's all hallelujah. Thank you. Well, you you call back. As you, you know, you said you're studying the Scriptures, and that really blesses my heart when somebody calls and says, I'm studying the Scriptures, and I'm growing in the Word, and we're here at Calvary Live to help you to answer any questions that you have. So as you keep reading and you got questions, you call me back, okay? Thank you. Thank you. You bet. God bless you. Good to hear from you, Nadia. God bless you. Hey, 303-690-3000. When somebody hangs up, we got an open line. Let me give you that text line again, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Leroy in Brighton. Leroy? Pastor. How are you? How are you? Oh, buddy, I am in a lot of pain. I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah, I hurt my back at work, and uh, it's just been tough. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of pain, 
working through yeah. it. I'm so sorry. Uh, whatever I did, it's just uh, it, it it's uh, affecting my sciatic nerve, and uh, mm. it's just pain that I've never experienced before. Yeah. And I just need a little bit of prayer. Yeah, we're going to do that right now. Father, I pray for Leroy. He's in a lot of pain right now, and there's there's nothing. It's so so difficult to have that back pain to where it's so severe where uh, you can't get comfortable, um, you can't move, uh, you can't get around, you can't work. So I pray that, Lord, um, that you would bring relief, even as we speak right now, to his pain, that you would help him if he has opportunities to to go to the doctors, that you would help them bring relief, um, that they would get him on the right track to get pain relief, uh, to to help with this problem, this difficulties, as he's hurt his back. I pray for you, Lord, to bring healing to him, to touch his back, to take the pain away, to bring healing to him, um, Lord, because we know that you can do that. And I pray for your mercy and grace upon him. And Lord, that uh, as he struggles through the day, uh, that you would minister to him his heart, his mind, knowing that, uh, Lord, that you're there with him and that you're going to see him through. So, Lord, I pray for your mercy. I pray for your compassion. I pray for your healing touch upon my brother. And I just pray this in a mighty, powerful way. Show yourself strong on his behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother. You know, hey. I, just, uh, I know that you know God has me here for a reason. You know, and I said, uh, you know, here I am. You know, I can't do much right now. And so, you know, I'm talking to God, and I'm saying, like, I'm here, I'm listening to you, you know, you just tell me, and, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's a real bummer, cause my, my wife and kids are, they're, they're away, they're actually going to church for the, for the family, uh, the family events that Fest. they have there at the church, and, um, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's just been a tough couple of days, but, uh, yeah. you know, I just think of Job and all the trials mm-hmm. that he was put through. And, um, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I think that, you know, maybe God's just talking to me right now and he's, he's talking to me about the company I'm working for. And, uh, he's talking to me about, you know, like, uh, I just need to, to listen to him and talk to him. And, um, yeah. you know, the other day you guys, uh, Calvary had, uh, put out something and, uh, my wife had sent it over to me and I have it right here. I just want to share it real quick. Okay. And um, oh, it it was something along the lines of. Hold on one second. If you're having a bad day, don't don't be surprised. Bad days happen, and uh, yeah. you know God's using these bad days to to get you to draw you closer to Him because that's where He wants you. And yeah. uh, so you know, I I feel that you know. For whatever reason this happened, God's got me here, and, you know, I'm just going to use this time to, to get closer to Him. But, uh, Good. you know, it's just it's tough going through the pain right now, but yeah, I, I just want to thank it you is hard. For, for the prayer. You bet. And uh, I appreciate the whole team, every, everybody that, that that does everything in Calvary. I appreciate you guys all, and uh, thank you thank so you. much. I'm glad you're being blessed. You know, Leroy, last um, April— um, right the week of Easter, I got shingles in my back. 
And I thought I hurt my back. I threw my back out. And, but it was so painful. And I had six services to do that weekend with Good Friday and the Easter services. And I remember thinking, I just can't do this. And I was so discouraged and I was so down. And I thought, Lord, why? But it was a time to draw close to him. And he got me through it. And I was able to get some help and see a nurse practitioner that, and get some relief so I can do what God called me to do. But he's going to work and he's going to, you know, just minister to you. Um, I just believe that your heart and he's going to honor that heart of yours of drawing close to the Lord. And I just want to encourage everyone who's listening, who's going through pain. Maybe it's not physical pain. Maybe it's spiritual pain, mentally, uh, emotionally. It is a time to draw close to the Lord. And what can happen is there's a tendency that we pull away from the Lord. And that's the time in those trials and pain and difficulties and loss that the Lord desires for us to draw close to him. And so he's going to honor that as you do that, Leroy. And we're going to pray for you and keep us updated if you can. I will, Pastor. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Appreciate you calling. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number 720-336-0897. we got two open lines, and we're going to continue with the phone lines. But I just want to say, you know, if you're going through just difficulties and loss and trials, that the Lord desires for you to, to draw close to him, to call out to him, to look to him. And that is something that the Lord really would desire for you to do. And the tendency can be that in our trials and difficulties and pain and loss that we withdraw from the Lord. Um, and I just want to give just an encouragement to any of you that are going through any kind of pain or loss that give us a call. We're going to pray for you. We want to encourage you with the word of God, but draw close to him and cast your cares upon him because he does care for you. So, hey, have got a couple open lines. We're getting ready to go to break here in just a few minutes. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. Again, I just want to remind you that, uh, as Leroy made mention of um, uh, the uh, you know uh, activity that's going on at his church, whether um, it's in Brighton Air or whether it's uh, in Calvary Church in Aurora, that the churches, there's many churches perhaps having alternative um, activities and gatherings for Halloween. Uh, there is the Family Fest there in Aurora at Calvary Church in Aurora where Grace FM originates, and they are hosting um, you tonight for you to be able to bring your children, have a safe alternative. Starts here in about a half hour, and uh, so be sure to uh, take your kids to a safe place where there's light there and and where uh, the things of God are going to be spoken of, and plus there's a lot of candy that's there because I saw a picture of it just off of Tower, east of Tower, off east off Hampton, Calvary Church in Aurora starts at 5 o'clock, and love for, your, for you guys to be able to be blessed or maybe your church has an activity. That's a great opportunity for you to invite somebody and uh, to be able to you know, just invite them to church. They may not go to a service, but maybe you can start by uh, inviting them to a family fest or, 
you know, Thanksgiving Eve service where they have a pie social or men's breakfast or ladies' breakfast um, to be able to to do that as well. Um, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. We've got an open line. We're going to go to the phone lines. We'll get to Karen and to Debbie after the break, uh, but you're going to hear the music here in just a little bit. Uh, text line 720-336-0897, and you can text in a question or a prayer request, but grab one of those open lines. You hear the music. It's the only break of the show. And so after the break, we're going to talk with Karen. Then we'll get to Debbie. I uh, hope you guys hang on because you got some good questions and uh, some things that uh, really need prayer for. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. And so blessed to be with you on this last day of October. Of course, many people will be out um, trick-or-treating tonight. Uh, I pray that you would uh, consider just going to perhaps your church is having a festival or um, that they're having a harvest gathering um, to be able to invite somebody out to that a safe alternative where light is spoken of and to be blessed. Of course, uh, you have heard uh, Calvary Church in Aurora is doing a family fest and uh, it's going to start here in about a half hour and it's a great opportunity for you to go and be blessed and have fun and just be with the body of Christ and and to have light that is declared there. And I think that's a wonderful thing. So just off of uh, Hampton, a block east of Tower, Calvary Church in Aurora. So i uh, love to see you guys take the opportunity to go there and you can be blessed in every way. I do want to go. we got full lines right now. So let's get back to the phone lines. Let's go to Karen in Thornton. Hi, Karen. Pastor Jeff. How are you? I am Hello? good. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate your time. Pastor Jeff, I was just curious what your thoughts are and if they're, uh, or if it's actual scripture and I'm missing it. But you know, in Ezekiel 38 and 39, when they talk about the war of Gog um, in the land of Magog, yes. and I know that the things in our world that are happening now, you know, that with Israel. And it talks about, I will put a hook um, in your jaw, you know, because they're wanting part of this booty and such. And so I think um, generally when I hear a lot of the, the Calvary pastors talking that, you know, maybe this is the time with, you know, uh, Russia and Turkey and Iran gathering from the north to come down to Israel, and then God himself will take care of them. And so my question is, with that war that is coming down, which kind of appears to be, I know that nobody's dogmatic about it, but it appears to be what's kind of in our near future. Um, then in the Revelation 20, after the Satan has been bound for a thousand years and he's released, it talks about how he's released and then they'll get to battle and, um, and he'll talk about Gog and Magog again which, of course, that's when the Lord takes him out. It's not really a battle at all because he just 
annihilate them. So I was just curious, are those two separate incidences, or are they one and the same, and, and maybe yeah. Ezekiel's more in the Revelation, or how is that? <laughs> yeah, they're two separate events, and some people tried to make it uh, interpreted as the same thing. Um, but obviously, to me, Ezekiel 38, as you follow Ezekiel 36, 37, Ezekiel, division of the dry bones, Israel becoming a nation once again, which is absolutely amazing because we've seen, you, you know, that fulfilled in our very eyes, the the ancient cities being rebuilt, uh, the mountains of Israel being inhabited by the Jews once again, you know, the dry bones speaking, coming together coming alive, um, that that vision of the bones and then the, the, not just the skeletons, but then the skin and uh, the corpse that are there, God breathes life into them. It's speaking about how Israel was dead and out of the land for 2,000 years, became a nation once again. And and so it's, it's incredible prophecies, that section of Ezekiel. And in Ezekiel chapter 38 talks about that confederation of nations that are led, as you said, by Russia and Iran, and you have uh, perhaps um, Sudan, uh, you have uh, other nations that are mentioned there, Kush uh, and uh, others, uh, coming in this large invasion into Israel, in the mountains of Israel. And I believe that there are state-setting events that are taking place to where could it be the next major war in the Middle East? Um the question is the exact timing of Ezekiel 38 and Ezekiel 39. But I can tell you that they are two separate events because Revelation chapter 20, that takes place at the end of the millennium reign. And it speaks that all the nations of the four corners of the earth are going to come together in this rebellion. Well, Ezekiel 38 only lists certain nations. Not all the nations are going to be involved um, in that war. Second of all, after Ezekiel 38, uh, we know that there's the description given of uh, the cleanup that's going to take place. They're going to, and that's very fascinating in and of itself, because we know that as those nations, as you mentioned, God will put a hook in their jaw and draw them into Israel. They will come after the spoils, um, and there's going to be another confederation of nations of the Dan, Saudi Arabia, you know, um, maybe it could be a reference given to the United States, the the young lines of Tarsus, but they're going to be protesting. They won't be involved in this war, but they will be protesting on behalf of Israel. Why are you coming in? Why are you taking the, the, the spoils? We know that God will judge those armies of Russia, Iran, uh, of Turkey and the other armies that have come against Israel um, will destroy those armies. Uh, he also mentions pestilence as well as uh, one of those, you know, judgments that will come upon them. It's, it's, it's very, very intense and very sobering to read that, um, that those armies are going to be put down. Um, and then the cleanup speaks about how that they will go and they'll have to mark the bodies for seven months. They won't be able to touch the bodies, those who are employed. 
Um, I remember somebody in the military talking to me. They said, that's exactly what I do when I was teaching on Ezekiel 38 and 39. They said, that's what I'm trained to do, to put on a special suit after a chemical, biological, nuclear attack that we go and we mark the bodies because we can't touch the bones. Ezekiel's describing that 2,500 years ago, plus the weapons that they would burn for seven years. Now, this is very fascinating as well, Karen, because I got a friend who helped clean up. He's a nuclear engineer. He helped clean up the Rocky Flats nuclear site where they were making nuclear weapons close to Denver years ago. And how they destroyed those nuclear weapons, how they destroyed um, those those that were being built there is they burned the weapons. And it took them seven years to do that. And so here's this description of weapons of mass destruction, this massive army coming into Israel. And then after that, God's going to pour out his spirit on Israel. And then he begins to write about in chapter 40, the Millennium Temple. So Ezekiel 38, that is a different time than in Revelation chapter 20, because Revelation chapter 20, the Lord is simply going to speak, and that's the end of the millennium reign, and then the heavens and the earth are going to to pass away, and then the great white throne judgment, and then the new heaven and the new earth. So it's different time frames, very obvious to me. And the exact timing of Ezekiel 38 and 39 there's different guesses. Some believe that it will take place in the middle of the tribulation period. Some believe that it will take place in the beginning of the tribulation period. Some believe that it could take place before the tribulation period. So we're just kind of watching, but we see these alliances that have never been in in 2,500 years that Ezekiel spoke about it, that all all of a sudden are coming together. And uh, the day is going to come. We don't know exactly when, but we watch it that God's going to put a hook in their jaw and bring them down. Sure. Okay, so then, uh, so what, do I hear what you're saying? I, I completely agree and understand, because I always thought it was two separate, until somebody said, well, no, they brought it together. I went, oh, my gosh. So does Gog then and Magog in Revelation, do, do you think it's, because I get it, Gog was, I think, like a leader, a president, and Magog's a land, an area. Is that, do I understand that correctly? Um, yeah, and it's, it's Gog is a title. Title, and yes. yeah, and, and so then Magog. Revelation, then, do you think? Well, I I believe it's it's speaking of um, a reference to Satan when he is let out and he leads this rebellion. We know that he's going to lead that um, rebellion uh, as uh, he leads the nations uh, in all the nations that it says in this final rebellion. What really amazes me uh, is that when he's released, that, and Gog and Magog, again, prophetic enemies of Israel in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Um, But I believe that chapter 20, this is distinct and different um, than Ezekiel 38. And I think that John is just borrowing the term and uses it as a symbol. Um, and that's what he's doing there. But it's clear it's Satan that's leading that rebellion. What amazes me is that there's a lot of people that join in that rebellion. I think here is the millennium reign. Here is Christ rule, ruling. 
Righteousness covered the earth as waters cover the sea. His glory covers the earth, as, you know. And then all of a sudden, there are those who choose to rebel. It just shows the, the heart of man that can be indeed wicked and to turn, you know, against the Lord. So he, I believe, uses it as a symbol of, you know, the enemy of Christ coming against him, and he will sink, simply speak, um, and he'll put those armies down. Now, the description in Ezekiel 38 is a lot different. It seems like there's going to be weapons used, there's going to be a mass invasion, you, you know, and the coastlands um, are going to be on fire as well. So it just it's two distinct times and two different um, things that are being told to us. Well, I appreciate that clarification, and thank you so much. I, I Aren't you just so excited about the time we're living in? <laughs> we're seeing prophecy coming to life, and it's just so exciting. Yeah. And, and again, you know, the question is, when is Ezekiel 38 going to happen? And very good Bible studies, like John Wolvode, I've read his writings. You know, he really is a scholar on end time. A lot of students came from John Wolvode that we read about today and listen to. Um, you know, that are Bible prophecy experts. And he believes that happens in the middle of the tribulation period that takes us to the battle Armageddon. Some believe that in, you know, the book of Revelation, when the seals are open and war breaks out, that that's Ezekiel 38. But some believe that perhaps it may happen before Ezekiel 38, um, or before the tribulation period, Ezekiel 38 taking place. And one of the reasons that they believe that, Karen, and you can take a look at this, is because if they're going to burn the weapons for seven years, that they believe that it's going to happen before the tribulation period, because what happens in the middle of the tribulation period? Yes. You, yeah. th- you think about the Antichrist is going to go after the Jews, and they're not going to be able to do that. They're going to be persecuted very heavily. So those are just thoughts, but we do know that it's a war that hasn't come to pass. Now, some try to correlate Ezekiel 38 and 39 with the Battle of Armageddon. And again, you can look at the comparisons, as, um, and they're two distinct, different uh, battles that will take place. But keep studying. Keep watching. Yeah. Right. Thank you. I sure will. And you, um, God bless you. Thank you for being so faithful, really. It's, you, such a, it's so refreshing. Well, bless you, Karen. I appreciate you calling. All right. 303-690-3000, got an open line, text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Debbie in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Hello. Debbie, you're on Calvary Live. Well, um, that's your Jeff. Um, I just found out in August that I have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So I go in the morning for a double mastectomy. And I'm 72, so I'm not a spring chicken anymore. And my husband is uh, wheelchair-bound, so he's with hospice, and he's going to go into a local nursing home for the next five days for someone to care for him. And I was just calling for prayer. Absolutely. Father, I pray for my sister um, as she's going in for surgery for breast cancer, as her husband's going in to um, wheelbarrow-bound just to to get cared for. This is a hard time. This is a difficult time. 
And Lord, I, I hear someone. I hear Debbie that um, loves you and is thankful for the days that she has lived. And she continues to trust you with her life. I pray that surgery would go well. I pray that you bring healing to her, that she would be able to recover as quickly as possible, that the the cancer would be removed, that you would um, keep her body clean from cancer, that you administer her and touch her, and to be able to minister to her husband. Lord, I pray for this this couple, that you would bless them and that you would minister your grace and mercy and healing to them and strengthen them in the days in which they're living in. And Lord, we know that when we find ourselves weak, whether that's emotionally, spiritually, or physically, that you're the one that can make us strong. So I just pray that you would touch Debbie, that you would heal her, that you would um, just help her in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. I haven't been upset at all about the cancer, but the last few days, everything you hear on the news is stay away from the hospitals because of COVID and RSV and the flu. And that's kind of got me a little leery yeah. for myself and for my husband because he has a, a immune deficiencies. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to call and get us covered by prayer. And I thank you yeah, so much. And I tell you, welcome. I just and trust you, completely yeah. in the sovereignty of our Lord. And yeah. You um, know, Debbie, one of the things that I, I just sense from your voice is you have a peace. I really do. And you're trusting the Lord. And you know what? You can trust them in going into the hospital. And there's a lot of things out there that can bring fear into our lives, all the news reports, all the the things that are out there. But you have the Lord, and he's going to take care of you. And he's going to help you and your husband. You know, I have a mom that's in um, memory care right now. And, you know, we hear the reports and how bad it can be, and we're just trusting her to the Lord. And um, and she's being taken care of, and there are people there that are going to take care of your husband, and, and there are the medical staff. I'm so grateful for those, you know, in the medical field that have been on the front lines over the last few years. I've, I've had such a appreciation for them. I mean, they've always been on the front lines, but more than ever— but I really want you to know that the Lord's going to take care of you guys and uh, you can trust him and rest in his love and just praying for his hand of protection to keep you guys under the shadow of his wings and see God show himself strong on your behalf. So bless you. Keep us updated. Okay. Let us know how everything okay. went. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And God bless you and you and your ministry. It's such, okay. A, okay. such a joy and such a blessing. Yeah, I'll be praying for you tomorrow, Debbie. All right, let's go to Kelsey and Frederick. Kelsey? Yep, I'm here. Thank you for holding. You're on Calvary Live. Hi. So I have um, I have a question and a prayer request. So okay. the question is, um, 
Well, I guess I've been dealing with doubt for a few months now, and I was raised in a Christian household. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 16. I walked away for a while in, you know, late high school and college time, um, but I always, I, I never doubted. I, I never had any doubt about who Jesus was, um, whether he actually died and resurrected on the third day, but for some reason, the past couple of months, that doubt has just sunk in, and it's just like I can't shake it. And I don't know why. So it's like, my question is, what do we do when we doubt? Yeah, and we can have those times. We can have those times where we doubt, those times where, um, you know, we just go through those times where um, we feel weak spiritually. I I know there's been seasons where I've doubted. And I think there's a couple things um, to just be encouraged by. And that is, number one, that, to just reaffirm, you know, uh, yourself in the Word of God, um, that the Lord, His Word is true. And, you know, it's I've doubted just not maybe at times of faith, but what God is doing with maybe the ministry, what God is doing with my family. And, and, and it's hard and it's difficult. And I know that I can go to the Lord in the honesty of my heart and I can say, Lord, help me with my doubt. Lord, just help me with the things that that I'm just struggling with, and and we begin to think, Lord, do you see me? Do you really care? You know, are you there? Is your word real? And and He will come and minister to you as you just. I think the Psalms are uh, a portion of Scripture I always go back to because I find so much comfort in the Psalms and how David, how he went through such trials and difficulties, yet he would trust in the Lord. And he rested in the love of the Lord. But do you remember in the Gospels that there was Jesus, he was transfigured up on the mountain? Mm-hmm. And then he came down from the mountain, and there was a man that was there. He had a son that was demon-possessed, vexed with this demon. And the son was really going through a difficult time. He was throwing himself in a fire. He was you know, foaming at the mouth, it says, gnashing his teeth. He became rigid. And the other disciples that were not up on the mountain with Jesus were trying to, you know, cast this demon out. And when Jesus came down the mountain, this man made a beeline right for Jesus and Mm -hmm. said, can you help me? Can you help me? And Jesus' response to him was, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And this is what the man says, that he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do. And there, and there have been times where I've gone to the Lord and I said, Lord, I believe, but there's some unbelief that is there. And that's all the Lord wanted from that man is in the honesty of his heart that just cast it upon the Lord and say, Lord, I believe, but there's some unbelief. And that's all he's asking you to do, to be able to cast that doubt in, on the Lord in the honesty of your heart and say, Lord, help me. And you know what you're going to find? You're going to find that the Lord's going to show up, and he's going to strengthen you, and he's going to encourage you, and he's going to help you, because he's our help as we cast our cares upon him, because he cares for us. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's also a shame aspect to it. You know, I... I, I've seen him work miracles. You know, my son had a brain tumor 
at two years old mm-hmm. and he healed him, you know, and, um, and I've seen him work miracles. And so it, it's almost like I, I feel a lot of guilt and shame for even doubting at all when I've seen yeah. the miracles that he can perform. But he's so patient. He's so compassionate to us. You know, that's the thing, Kelsey. And, you know, I feel like, Lord, I should know this. I, I shouldn't doubt you. But you remember John the Baptist? John mm-hmm. the Baptist sends two of his disciples to Jesus and said, as he's in prison, you know, are you the coming one or do we look for another? This is the <laughs> forerunner to the Messiah. And he's in prison and he's asking this question. And Jesus, he, he said, go back and tell John what I have done. That you know that I've raised the dead. That you know he's he's affirming to him the the ministry of Messiah, and then when they left, you know, out of earshot of those disciples of John that came and asked Jesus that, he turns to the crowd and he says, "John, who, who did you see? A man, you know, like a reed blown in the wind? You know?" He said, "No, this this man's the greatest born among women up to this point," and Jesus just showed such compassion and such. You know, um, you know, patience with John, and I'm sure that when those two guys got back to John and said, "Listen, this is what Jesus said: the eyes are opening up, the lepers are cleansed." You know, the works of the Lord that John said, "Oh, how could I doubt? Of course, He's the Messiah." And we just go through those seasons of doubting and failure, and that's what's so wonderful about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and His love. His love never fails. His compassion fails not. And and matter of fact, I was I was just reading uh right before the show that what Lamentation says to us. And in Lamentations, you know, here is a book that's all about, you know, it's a bummer <laughs> book is what it is, about, you know, Jeremiah lamenting over Jerusalem. And he says the Lord's mercies are not consumed because his compassion fails not, and they are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness, and the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. And that's, you know, in those times where David would struggle, in those times where John the Baptist would struggle, where that man on the bottom of the mountain would struggle, or you and I, that we can remember that his mercies are new every morning, and his compassion fails not. And he understands, but we're but dust. And um, and I'm so grateful he doesn't give up on us. But he just, you know, he doesn't break a bruised reed, Isaiah says. He doesn't quench a smoking flax. And in those times where you feel just bruised, you know, he doesn't come along and just stomp on us, you know, cush, you know, and mm-hmm. break us. And when we're smoldering, you know, people say, you need to be on fire for God. You need to be on fire for God. I don't always feel on fire for the Lord. There are days where I'm just smoldering and the Lord comes along and he just kind of cups that that smoldering wick and he, you know, fans the flame back. And that's what he's going to do with you. Yeah. Um, You wait, you wait, you see. It kind of leads into my second, this. The, the prayer request. I think part of the reason why I have and I'm struggling with doubt is um, just my own health. Okay. I've been dealing with Lyme disease and um, all of the things that go with it. I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a lot that goes with it. And I've been dealing with it for probably six, seven years. I'm only 33. So I have three kids, you know, one with special needs and it's, it's really hard. And I'm, 
so sorry. I'm getting really, really tired. Yeah. And I'm going to pray for you as we got a few minutes. Lord, I pray for Kelsey. As you know, even I think of Paul who prayed for healing three times, that thorn in the flesh, but you said your grace is sufficient. And Lord, I just pray for her that she would just perceive your presence, that she would be strengthened by you, that actually, Lord, that she would come to a further understanding that your grace is sufficient, that she would know that you love her, that you are with her. You'll never leave her or forsake her. Help her day by day. But as she battles this Lyme disease, which doesn't entail a lot, that, Lord, that you would bring healing to her. I pray for your compassion. I pray for your touch. I just pray that you would help her moment by moment, day by day, as she's ministering to her kids. Um, And, Lord, that you would just work in every way. And, Lord, that she would not doubt your love. And even though we may not understand your timing or your purposes, but she would know that you're with her. So I do pray for healing. I pray for your touch upon her, healing upon her body. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Kelsey, God bless you. I'll be praying for you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. I think we're towards the end of the show. We had a great show today. Just wonderful calls and appreciate you guys so much. And, and, you know, prayer is so important. Be back tomorrow at the same time. If you need prayer, you got a question, give me a call on Calvary Live. Family Fest, going to start here. Calvary Church in Aurora, you guys in Aurora, have a great time tonight. Be safe if you're going out. Shine the light of Jesus Christ, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Same time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.